Live? We're on. Let's go. Okay. Welcome to the Men on the Internet podcast. <laughs> Across from me is Sunil. And I am Kerbin Johnston. Number one, if you're listening to this on YouTube, if you're listening to this uh, on a visual sh- streaming platform, a video streaming platform, give this a like. The reason why is because it helps us in the algorithm. All right. If you guys keep liking it, keep engaging with the content, it helps us spread to more people. It helps us to um, build an audience and then we can do cooler and better things um, every single episode. All right. Number two, if you are listening to this on a streaming platform, please leave us a really great review. I don't care if you've never listened to the show before. Say, yo, this show is the greatest thing ever created, known to man. And if you don't listen to this, you're racist. That's big facts. Let's start off with the obvious. <laughs> Everybody who who got their student loans from a place that wasn't loved or beloved by the federal government is not getting their stuff um, uh, uh, forgiven. Yeah, I haven't even tried to do that. Is that out? It's out. Oh, okay. It's out is now. it too late? No, it's open until December 31st. Okay. Okay. So how do you go? Is it like a website? Yeah. So I follow the White House on Instagram. Oh, nice. And they <laughs> they uh, have a whole thing that it's very it's supposed to be very simple. I haven't done it yet. Okay. They're saying it's very simple. Can you send me that link when you get a chance? Yeah. All right, perfect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's that. Uh huh. Anything else that's pressing? Uh. That's it, right? All right. Thanks I mean, for this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, we're here. So let's start with the Woman King. Again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to be subtle. <laughs> no, no, we're just going to jump right into it. All right, let's start with this. Just, just like uh, um, AB was in that pool. Yeah. My my uh, my misrepresented boy AB, you see what he did today? What did he do today? He posted a picture of him and... With his pants off? No, no, no. Him and uh, Tom Brady's wife <gasps> <laughs> on his Instagram. <laughs> AB a wild boy. We talked. We talked about it. Remember, we talked about who's having the wildest year, and AB was on that list. He ain't stopping. But does he have beef with Tom Brady? Who knows? AB's just trying. AB's just relevant. Whatever he does is relevant. Do you think he took his pants off next to no. Giselle Brady? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he was in that pool? <laughs> No, we are not starting that rumor here at Men on the Internet Podcast. Whoa. You are. What did you try to start last week? Something. Oh, no. What was it about? Um, uh, what's her name? Who's the girl that I say you look like? The girl I look like? Yeah. I don't Lizzo. know. Lizzo. <laughs> Remember you started the rumor, the, the rumor that Lizzo. Uh, I look like Lizzo. No, I was Lizzo. kind of. But Lizzo. Um. Try to start the rumor about Aries Spears. <laughs> By the way, all those charges were dropped. All those charges were, were dropped. They were. Okay. Well, since we're on Lizzo, we might as well stay here. Because the 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 Democrats are making it seem like Lizzo um, is a perfect human being. And her playing the flute is 
innocent and she's a perfect woman for it. And I think I have something to say about it. Wait, can you fill me in? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay, two things happened. Okay. Lizzo went to the Library of Congress Congress and played the fruit played the flute. Okay? And okay. surprisingly enough, no, not really that surprisingly cuz she's an artist. Right. She's very good at it. Okay. She's amazing at playing the flute. She did like a she played like classical music and it sounded great. Okay. None of it went viral. Well, why? Because why. nobody cares. She uh, had all of her clothes on. Uh, she was like playing a classical instrument, which I guess some people think is like a white instrument. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then like that's that. Then she was in a concert and she played. Let me get this right. Lizzo's flute. Okay. And, and I'm going to say this because I don't want to get it completely incorrect. So she played James Madison's 200 year old flute. James Madison for. Those that might not know who he was. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a university named after him. Okay. I know he was one of those white wig type fellas from back in the day. Yes. So Signed James probably. Madison is the fourth president of the United States. Okay. Okay. So she played his flute. Oh, However. Wow. Okay. She picked up the flute, played one note, and then twerked. So. So that went viral. So the left side of the audience is saying, yay, she took James Madison, who's most likely a racist person right. who owned slaves or whatever, uh-huh. and played his flute. And then on the opposite side of it, she twerked, showcasing her like independence and culture and whatever. Right. The other side of it is like, why not have reverence? For the fact that this is a 200-year-old instrument that they only took out because you seem to be a very talented flute player. Mm-hmm. But when they when they gave it to you, instead of actually playing it like you did at the Library of Congress, you played one note and then twerked. So were these two separate events? The Library of Congress? The, and then the... The, the James Madison flute. Yeah, they're two separate things. But so where was the James Madison flute playing? What, at a what, concert. But what type of environment was it? At a, like her concert, like a tour, like she's on tour. The and they library, gave her this flute. They gave her the flute and was like, "Since you played it at the, since you played the flute extraordinarily well at the Library of Congress, you're a great flute flautist. Here's James Madison's two hundred year old flute, and it's hers now. No, to play. Just it's at a still concert. like it's still like a, a, a American." Uh, instrumental art. It's like so, Smithsonian. Yeah, so they just like took it out just to give it to her to play at the concert, but she played a note and then she started touring. So I know you're about to go off, but here's my initial question. Okay, I do, I'm not going to go off, but oh, okay. I, I'm not going to go off about Lizzo. Okay, you're going to go off society, but um, why wouldn't they have her play the James Madison flute at the Library of Congress and have her just play her flute at her concert? I think I think when they booked her to play at the Library of Congress, it was like a very small thing. Uh-huh. It wasn't like a big deal. She, in fact, she's just wearing like a black sweatsuit. So it wasn't a big ordeal. Right. I think they just found out at that event how good she is. Uh-huh. And then they were like, oh, now that we know. And this is, again, like whoever's listening, please correct me. I could be incorrect because I'm putting together a lot of things from yeah. very few things that I've read. 
and also from what people have yelled on the internet. <laughs> but because they were like, she's so good at playing the flute, uh-huh. we might as well give it to her while she's on her tour, and she's going to be in front of this large audience, and it's going to be this monumental moment because yeah. they're taking out this 200-year-old flute and having Lizzo play it, expecting that she's going to play something beautiful, just like she did at the Library of Congress. Instead, she played one note and started twerking. Yes, it doesn't make sense. But anyways, let's just let's just assume that this was what happened because it doesn't make sense to me that what, what part one that they didn't know she was good when they're having her play at the Library of Congress. Usually, they're just not letting people walk off the street and play there. They know you have a certain level of talent mm-hmm. to be there. Secondly, well, I mean it's Lizzo, sure, but playing the they flute, were probably they probably, they probably knew Lizzo. I don't think that they're they were surprised that she was she was good at the flute. I think they already knew, which mm-hmm. is why she was there. Um, I think it's a PR thing. Like, sure. It, sure. It, it, what's going to get more views? The we gave her the flute at the Library of Congress, or we gave it to her in front of a hundred thousand people. Well, that's what I'm saying. What is the PR move? Like, what what who's getting who? Like, it's like a historic thing. They're they're making it. They're making like a a, a a statement that says this old racist institute of America. Is now, but who, like, who's giving her access to this flute? Like the who? the the folks who have it, like the the government section of the people okay. who are storing this flute. Yeah, so I mean, we I guess we're trying to figure out what what it is. For me, it I don't understand why. Like nobody's pulling out like the guitar that somebody played, <laughs> the ukulele or whatever instrument, string instrument, and, and having, like, Lenny Kravitz play it. You know what I mean? Like, what is it about this flute and what is it about Lizzo that all of a sudden in October or September of 2022, we're going to start having old instruments be played by hip-hop artists? Like, that to me is like, well, where is that coming from? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. That, but that's what why, doesn't make sense I, I, I to me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I guess and why Lizzo, of all people? You know what she, I mean? Because, you know. Okay, so this is what yeah. I was going to say. All right. I don't think either side is fair. Okay? Mm-hmm. The left side of the argument is like, she's so positive. She's never done anything weird. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not at Laker games. Okay, she's never done anything that screams "Pay attention to me." She's just walking around, being positive, being a ray of sunshine to the <laughs> world, and the Republican white patriarchal system. Yes, is only upset because she's fat and black. True, and a woman, and a woman. I'm quoting. I'm not calling her fat. Okay. <laughs> the other side is upset. <laughs> <laughs> because her BMI is a, a different, is higher than average. Yeah. Yeah. They're upset because she's large. Uh-huh. And I've never heard so many people say, well, it's not healthy. Well, most of you people have titties. Right. Men and, and are women. men. <laughs> men and women. Okay. As a man who has. <laughs> but can I understand why they're upset? Yes, I can. Because it is a strategic move that Lizzo is doing. Yes, I am taking something that is uniquely American and saying this old thing represents something 
I'm going to do something that represents me and my ideology. And then I'm going to do that in front of 100,000 or more people. And it's going to go viral. And a lot of people will essentially usher in this new era of, uh, of, of culture. It's the same thing that happened during the BLM riots, right? Or the BML, BLM uh, protests, whatever. Tell Which, me. What whichever. Remember when there was that whole uh, moment where they started just taking down all of the statues? Yes. And then, you know, I'm sure the same side that's like, that's great. You're, you know, taking down the oppressors and all that kind of stuff are the same people that are for Lizzo doing this. And the mm-hmm. opposite side that are like you're d- degrading history, American history, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is the same side that's that's up in arms about Lizzo doing this. OK, it's the same. I think it's the same type of thing. I think it actually it's it's similar, but it's not the same. Okay. And here's why. When they took down those statues, they didn't replace it with a person mooning, a statue of a person mooning kids walking to the school. <laughs> okay? They didn't replace it with what we, we consider culture today. Mm-hmm. They just took it down right. and said, this does not represent us anymore. Now, whether or not you agree with them taking it down, I, I like don't have a super huge problem with them taking it down. Uh, if necessary because if something doesn't represent you anymore it shouldn't be seen as if it does mm-hmm. right uh we're not going to erase history too because that's how you just create it all over again right i think lizzo yes is making a point yes is she yeah she is because okay. she, she be, like she's trying to say you know what she's trying to say I don't think she's trying to say anything. I think it goes back to your point about Lil Nas X. What about him? You don't think that he actually believes anything that he's doing or Harry Styles wearing the dress. Now, Harry Styles wearing the dress, I don't believe. I don't believe. But what I'm saying is, and you've said the same thing about Lil Nas X in the past, that you think he's just trying to drum up publicity. I don't think Lizzo. Like doing the devil thing? Devil thing, like kissing men on stage, like whatever. He's gay. I, I get that, but he's also very, very much like, I'm going to do everything gay, which is fine. But I'm saying, like, the point that you had made in the past is that you think that this is, he's just, he everything he does is calculated to marketing bring more strategy. attention to him, marketing mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. I think it's the same thing for Lizzo. I don't think that she's making any kind of profound statement. I think that she's just doing this because she knows that it's going to put, her in the good graces of her fan base and you know the people that are like for every movement that she quote unquote is supporting or are creating or whatever it is it's just playing into that okay if Lizzo means it or not I kind of don't think matters okay because the ultimate statement is still made it's almost like if you call me the N-word and you're like, in in my heart, I don't believe that's what you are, but you still said it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's listening, they're not going to care if you mean it or what. Sure. They're just going to say you said it. So what is the statement that she's making? I think ultimately she's, she's saying like this, this, the new era of culture is in. We're wiping away. We're twerking on the graves of the original institution of what America is. And what America was. So what is the culture being replaced with? Sexuality? 
um, I think one step, one step further away from sexuality, I think ultimate freedom, ultimate freedom, godlessness. Sure. I don't know if it's freedom that they're representing. Twerking doesn't, to me, represent freedom. Why not? It's a dance move. This isn't footloose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody's <laughs> arresting you for twerking. Nobody's saying that you can't twerk. Like, that's, to me, not a representation of freedom. To me, that's... Um, okay, you say that today because it's part of our, part of our culture. But let's say she did that in 1950, like, mm, I don't know, Elvis did. And sure. then they were trying to stop Elvis because him gyrating his hips was turning kids into godless creatures. Sure. Yeah, yeah but we're not in the 50s. So you trying to take something that was, that was a, 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 I guess, um, a powerful movement then, like when Elvis did it, mm-hmm. that meant something. Right. It doesn't mean something in 2020. I still kind of feel like it does. Okay. I mean, it's like it's like uh, during the BLM protests, those people that were twerking in front of the police officers so that they could put it on the gram. Like to me, it's like to you that means nothing. No, I to mean me, to me, it it means that they're just. To me, it it makes the movement not serious. Me like. That's the, the, that doesn't the, mean it doesn't mean anything. The it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it doesn't it means mean something a positive, positive thing. It doesn't mean that it's helping out the movement, right? I think but it's taking away from yeah. It. That yeah. Do you think that Lizzo twerking with this flute is going to be as <laughs> what a, what a conversation? To yeah. Have. Okay. Do you think it's going to be? Um, do you think they're gonna? It's going to be as powerful of a movement where they make like shirts and stuff of it, like um, on. During the Olympics, when uh, put his fist in the air, put, put those those um, athletes put the fist in the air. Is that 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 kind of? Do you think that the Black Lives is um, going to be a, the protest? next shut up and dribble? I I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't look at. I look at like no justice, no peace, right? Or mm-hmm. all that 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 statement powerful. Mm-hmm. Lizzo twerking on stage with the James Madison flute mm-hmm. to me is just Lizzo trying to get clicks and follows i don't think she's helping out any movement and that's the thing is like now if you're a certain skin tone and you do anything against a certain other skin tone or something that represents a skin tone there's supposed to be so much depth and it means something so much bigger no it doesn't you're not moving the movement forward you're making a mockery of it this is this is great because it falls in line with the next two things I want to talk about. Okay. I don't think Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, if they were here right now, is looking at Lizzo and saying they're fighting the same battle. Especially not Malcolm X. Because Malcolm X was all about discipline and, and uplifting his, uh, the black community and his people in a way of... Uh, in a way of becoming self-sufficient and... And uh, more moral as a society, all that kind of stuff. He was very disciplined, and the discipline is what created the freedom in his mi- mindset. So now, I, I just, I just don't think of it in the same way. What if they're fighting the same battle with different, uh, 
weapons. What battle? Like I said, what, what, but what is she? What is she do? Like what? It, what movement? What profound mo- statement is she making? What is she freeing up? What is she, how is she making uh, life better? Well, uh, f- from my perspective, uh-huh. I think when she's twerking with the flute, okay, she's, at her concert that people are paying money to go to, right? Correct. This isn't this isn't something. She's not making a statement at like Kanye West saying, uh, you know, George Bush hates black people. He, she's not doing it on enemy territory. She's doing it at her concert where it's only her fan base that already are probably, for the majority, hook in line, believe everything that she believes. Yeah, but it's it's gone beyond that. Is Has it? Thanks to the internet. Okay. And I, I, think, I think the ultimate message is, look, I took this flute that... She didn't she, take it. She was given she, it. She, I, I, I was given this flute and what I did with because it... Because of her talent. Yes, I was given this flute, and what I could what I could do is play it and respect the history of the people that founded the country, and stand with that. Or I could do something that they probably would consider to be a distasteful, nasty, vulgar move. Mm-hmm. And if I do that, which could somebody could argue. That it represents her culture, and it's a juxtaposition to what you thought she was going to do with the flute, and what she actually did, which is a to me a clear message that says whatever this represented is dead. Okay, but it's not. Her twerking didn't kill the James Madison flute. No, no, no. The symbolism behind it. It's still. You don't think so? No. What does it? What does it? What it is dead? That, it means that. 200 years ago, she would have never been given that flute to play. Sure. But that's already happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? That It's not because she twerked that 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 was give that was that that she changed society like that. No, we society's already moving in that direction. Are we is there more work to be done? Yes. Her twerking. Given that opportunity, do you think now more people are going to get that opportunity to play these historic instruments? Maybe just Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what 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 does it do other than start making it look like, okay, well, she could have easily been like, I'm not going to play this instrument because of what it represents mm-hmm. and made the same statement. But instead, she's like, no, let me twerk. And it's like, all right, that's cool, I guess. But that's you not a flag it, burning, kneeling on the field type feeling. I mean, maybe. I mean, just to people that look at that and say, "Oh, yeah, uh, whatever." Like you look at it or whatever. That from what you're saying, look at it and, and think that, hey, this is a really profound statement that you're making. I'm sure. I guess there's a lot of people that believe that. I look at it and I'm like, yo, it just makes you. It look. just make look, makes you look silly. Mm. Like, I don't know if I would say it, it's because profound. I don't. I just think that there's a message sent. I don't think I, if the message is that unclear, mm. there's no message. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out what what direction to go in. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that something that you said? Remember the the uh, back. 
when we, it was the U.S. trials, mm-hmm. and um, it was the hammer throw person, and mm-hmm. she did the, like the American anthem played, and she was like upset about it that the national anthem played while she was there. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, and the your thought was that if if you're not making a, you, like be ready for the moment, make a clear and obvious statement. Make sure your message is clear because yep. you have this one moment. Yeah. And if you don't do it in the right way, it's going to be lost. Correct. I look at this and say that's what it is because mm-hmm. I think that there's uh, – like for me, I think that I'm somebody that's very open-minded to this. I'm very much into – yeah, there's a lot of things that were done wrong in the past that we need to stop ignoring that mm-hmm. it hasn't affected society today. I look at that message that she made and it's like you're setting people back. I don't think you're mm. helping people because all it is is it's easy for, you know, maybe a certain position of people in a certain position of power to dismiss this because they're like, this is just some girl twerking. This means nothing. In fact, <laughs> this is why we shouldn't give them these opportunities. Them? Yeah. I'm talking about the people that she's supposedly being anti. That's the way they're thinking. So, th- like I said, like people like Martin Luther King, people like um, Malcolm X, even like a Tupac who was a hybrid, mm-hmm. right? Understood you have to play, you have to not play the game, but there's effective strategies and ineffective strategies. To me, something that could be dismissed as a publicity stunt isn't an effective strategy because that's, to me, what it is, is a publicity stunt. I don't know. Did she say anything after? Uh, I I saw her playing the flute, and then I saw her twerking. I don't. I didn't see the rest. So and if there was more, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it wasn't an effective message, right? Okay, I want to talk to you about American culture. Okay. Okay. This all kind of ties in all together, and then eventually we're going to talk about the woman king sure. because it's all the same subject, right? So I watched a TikTok that said, "Do you think?" American culture is dead. And somebody actually asked a deeper question. Do you think America is dead? But then the guy rephrased it and said, do you think American culture is dead? His response was, a lot of people think American culture is dying, Mm -hmm. but it's actually already dead. And his response was, A, the way that people socialize these days is odd. The way that people date these days is odd. Even though we have all these tools, uh, these technological things that are supposed to help us link with each other, it's almost making it more difficult. Mm -hmm. He says that the in the name of uh, of making things more cost effective, all of America's uh, new infrastructure and uh, uh, architecture is the same. Mm -hmm. And our and our music is uh, corporate reproduced kind of trash and so the culture of america is dead a horatio alders is dead who's that he was a writer who lived in the 1800s and he wrote about he his whole thing was like writing about rags to riches okay okay uh and his whole thing was like you can become a uh, middle class American and live a decent life, mm-hmm. and even if you did not be, if you did not start off that way. So, is America dead 
when you watch these type of things like the twerking with the flute, wokeness, uh, um, political divisiveness, uh, um, division, political division, all these things. Do you think that America, the idea, uh, um, also wealth, uh, uh, the wealth gap, all these things, do you think America's dead, the idea? No. Tell me more. So I'd look at America's history is what? 200 maybe 250 years old something like that very like 1780 1776 1776 right so that's that's when we are officially become uh, a sovereign country right 246 years so 246 years old Mm. on the scale of what you know how societies usually build and stuff like that we're probably like in our 20s What happens when we're in our 20s? We do coke. (laughs) Possibly, right? You start figuring shit out. Yeah. You start going, you start having these deep thoughts and, and, and start thinking about, um, you know, what, who you want to be as a person, figuring out who you are. And I think that's where our country is at right now. And why is that happening? Well, back 250 years ago, when um when when society was culture was being created and all that kind of stuff it was a very monochromatic type of people most people were white most people were christian most people were all the same right and so it's easier to develop stuff when everybody pretty much has a similar foundation for where their morals lie well 250 years later 46 250 years later ish years later um now we're uh, we we have so many different ethnicities here we have so many different cultures here we have so many different religions here we have so many like the freedom that america initially started out with is now coming to fruition in a way where there's everybody has input and now there's a uh, now there's like a not necessarily a battle, but I guess you could put it as a battle f- to try to figure out where we want to go with the foundation that was built of America. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at right now. Let me ask you this question about the fact that there is so many different types of people that live in the United States. Mm-hmm. So on average, for a country, for a family, for a business and for a congregation to thrive, everybody has to think the same way. Right. If not the same, very similar. Right. So countries like China can have long, long lasting legacies because the people ultimately think the same way for generations and generations and history and um, and tradition has been passed down and people can and take it seriously Mm -hmm. in the United States. When you come over here and you neutralize as a citizen, a lot of people still bring their home country with them, not just the food or 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 historical traditions, but also the mindset. So a lot of people may think, um, let's talk about the wealth gap, right? A lot of people may think, oh, um, hmm, I'm from Cuba. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that a person should make more money than the other. Yeah, see, I don't think that's true at all. I think people that come from a different culture come to America because of America's culture. Understood. I think people in America that have never experienced anything outside of America 
start to hate what they're already in because they don't realize anything different. I can I agree with that because one of the one, like people that come from other other countries, you would the the patriotism that they have for America is a lot deeper than people that are from this country. It's so interesting. I saw a black woman yesterday with a backpack, mm-hmm. and this is the second time this happened to me this year. Her backpack had the American flag on it. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's kind of interesting. You have an American flag on your backpack. She goes, aren't I American? I said, yeah. She said, so why'd you ask that? And I said, because on average, people who, who look like us don't support that thing. She says, do you not like it? I said, I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it. And we look down the street. We're in Fresno. Mm-hmm. There's a... Uh, that police flag with the blue line. Yeah. I was like, you okay with that? She was like, I don't mind. She said, do you mind? I said, the message behind it, I don't mind. But when people sport it, something inside of me, like, gets scared a little bit. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I get it. It's about unity more than anything else. Right. It's about unity. Um. So it made me think about that incident because, yes, yes, people come to the United States because of the opportunity that they can receive. Also, they come to the United States for the opportunity to take it back home and floss. Right. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. But there's a certain... uh, and don't you think that when they come here, like, like, don't you think that when they come here, they don't forget what they're from, where they're from, and they can sprinkle? It's like it's like the 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 freedom of that one African country because the one man learned about um, uh, how Black Americans were freeing themselves in the 1960s, um, took that education, took it to Africa, and freed his nation. Yeah. He took back American ideology, ideology to his country. Understood. I, I but I don't think it necessarily goes the other way. Really. And what I mean by that is, people are flocking from other countries to the U.S. because what they can accomplish in the U.S. Um, isn't what they could accomplish where they're at. Otherwise, there would be no reason for them to come. Agreed. And I think that there's a different uh, what's it called. Um, understanding and appreciation for the u.s from countries that aren't from the u.s and what i mean by that is i don't think people come from cuba to make u.s more like cuba i don't think people come from india to make the u.s more like india maybe people come from china to make it more like china because you know they be they got they got like you know china is extra smart with their espionage and whatever all that kind of stuff but (laughs) but um but yeah like people don't come from canada to make it more like canada like otherwise they would just stay where they're at yeah i agree so but so this uh culture shift or the where the biggest voices are people from this country that are looking at it saying that i don't like where it is i don't think it's uh, it's being imported in. I think it's homegrown for whatever reason because, uh, you know, people have their own I- ideas of where it comes from. So, 
but going back to the initial thing the fact that we could even have these type of discussions the fact that we can even have uh uprisings and all that kind of stuff without death and mass murder and all this kind of stuff like is because of the culture and the foundation of what this country was built on because of those you know uh bill of rights and mm-hmm. you know the amendments and all that kind of stuff that gives us the rights to be as americans or in this country to do have freedom of speech right to bear arms all those types of things right so mm-hmm. i don't think it's dead i think it's just growing pains it's yeah it's just uh how anybody is in their 20s trying to figure out who they want to be now in the middle of it in the eye of the storm does it like seem chaotic and like yeah our civilization is dying sure but that's also because media wants to create a certain hatred amongst and division amongst people but you and i live in the real world facts you were just able to have random conversation with somebody in fresno about something that on twitter would have been a thread of people hating each other and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed because I'm like I travel a lot mm-hmm. and I'm finding it's so easy to have conversations and connect with people. Yeah. From any any side, it's only the media and Twitter that's creating this chaotic division and obviously there's an agenda for that. Sure. But I think when it comes to the humanity and, and just talking to people, it's it's not that hard. Do you ever feel like you have to protect your thoughts in public? I mean, we've we had to deal with that all through the pandemic, right? Yeah. Absolutely. There's been times like that. I think now where where media seeps into real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We, like certain companies you work for, you mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. you couldn't say things, but I think there's been a big backlash to that. I think it's getting easier to have any type of opinion right now is there if it's still slanted one way for sure but you start to see like it's starting to the pendulum pendulum to shift um you know because i think as a society uh you have to like if it if it goes too far to one level it's gonna even out and i think also people understand that extremism that's how extremism comes into play Mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot more awareness of hey we got to be careful that it doesn't go too far because then it's gonna swing back the other way for it to get even so there's a lot of i think thought leaders and a lot of um a lot of people from and not just the u.s just western culture in general Mm -hmm. that are that are very aware of what's happening and trying to do things to affect culture in a positive way this leads into The Woman King. Yes. So, and and other movies that came out recently. So the entertainment industry is learning a lot of things. I'm going to start with Netflix. There's a lot of shows starting that are on Netflix that star a lot of people of color that got canceled. Okay, when they came out, they made a lot of noise, and then they quietly canceled. Right. Then a movie called Bros comes out. It's about two gay men. A romantic comedy that's based around a gay couple. Yes. First of its kind. Is it? Um, like a mainstream movie that's about a, a romantic... I mean, I guess... They keep saying that, but I feel like I've seen it. Broke Back Mountain is not funny, and it's a phenomenal film. 
<laughs> but I'm saying like, but that wasn't necessarily like it's not a wrong they were like yeah, and they weren't like gay. They just ended up. No, nah, it was gay. Oh. It was in the butt. Like no, but I'm saying like it wasn't pitched as this is a a gay couple. It was pitched as like yeah, they're, yeah. They're not the a marketing couple. It was like same. a. It was a yeah. It, it was like a they, torn right. psychological like yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a traumatic thing. Let's say the rollout wasn't the same way as Bros. That's all correct. The point I'm trying. So to make. Bros comes out, mm-hmm. and uh, and it doesn't perform as expected. In fact, it, it, the article that we read earlier said that they performed forty percent worse than expected. Right. So they made about four point eight eight million. Mm-hmm. They were expecting closer to eight million in the opening weekend. And I even saw an article that said that they thought they were going to get ten million. Okay. I read an article that says, despite them coming in at fourth place, it's still a, pretty good. It's a W. It's a big W. Okay. Then we are we spoke about the Woman King, mm-hmm. and, and I'm mentioning all these things for a reason. We spoke about the Woman King, which do you consider a woke movie? I haven't seen it, but based off of just the f- feedback and what they're trying to represent, it does seem like it's woke in the sense like. I mean, woke in it falls under the woke umbrella. Let's just put it that way. Okay, seems like the umbrella has holes in it. Yeah. Okay. So all these things, the Woman King performs. I think it got nineteen million first week at the box office. It's supposed to be a phenomenal film. It's supposed to be. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to pay a ticket and go, and I'm going to go to the nice theater. Culture says we don't want to watch these films. You know what performed real well? Smile. Smile. But you know what performed really well? What? Maverick. Top Gun. Mm-hmm. You know what performed super well? Spider-Man. Right. What does that tell you about culture and society? Is it that they are all racist and they love American movies starring white guys who do military actions or like Viola Davis said people don't want to watch a black woman lead a film and that the people are racist she didn't say that part I did (laughs) I think people don't want stuff rammed down their throat pause maybe it's not a pause because <laughs> Which I actually kind of want to see. I, I do want to see. Yeah, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, the things that win out the most are things that are authentic. And I think there is a segment of society, and I think that segment is getting bigger and bigger and larger and larger that are tired of politics and agendas and ideologies just being thrown in their face in certain arenas. I think that uh, at the end of the day, People are so, I think people are just getting fed up with it. And I don't think it's a right versus left thing. I think it's both sides. I think like most people are just trying to survive in this world, figure out, you know, how to, you know, keep their family safe and comfortable and, you know, try to go on a couple of vacations per year, all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they go out to the movies, they just want to enjoy a really, really good movie. Um, for and whatever your 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 uh, I guess the type of movies that you like, when movies come out, 
that have like a specific agenda and things like that, I think that it becomes more and more niche and it, it becomes difficult because some people, the drama, I think sometimes like the drama makes people want to go see the movie more. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's the turnoff to people because you know it's just like i just want to go to something that's that that's entertaining and watch a good movie mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want my you don't want edutainment not or only program that not only that kelby it's like i don't want me going to this movie to have to make some big political statement mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's kind of where it, it's come to some of these movies mm-hmm. and i think that's like where people are just like nah like why 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 is the NFL doing so much better than the NBA? Why did the NBA stop having to do all of their like, you know, woke stuff because they started realizing that they were losing viewership and all this kind of stuff? Is it because people are racist? I'm sure there's a segment of the racist that stopped watching for whatever reason, but I'm not a racist and I stopped watching as much because it's like every single interview is let's talk about you know why black lives matter and why the democrats should be doing this why the Dem- why we should vote democrat and why we should do this and why we should do that and it's just like i just want to watch the lakers play basketball like i don't want all of a sudden now lebron james to teach me about history and all this kind of stuff you know what i mean and i know that sounds very shut up and dribble and mm. like there's probably going to be people and it's not that it's just like i it, I get that from all other aspects. It's like, where's the release? Where's where the, the like, quote-unquote escapism or, quote-unquote, like, just entertainment? Where can I just be entertained? Right? Because there's a need for that. But, and I, and I don't want to cut you off. Please. But there is a reason why I use Maverick. Okay. It's supposed to be, like, number six highest grossing box office film of all time. Sure. That movie is very pro-America. The the programming didn't turn off. It, it just went to a different channel. But I, I don't know if that's... So I think because of the time that it came out, it's easy to say because it's pro-America, this movie did so good. And I think that maybe there is a portion of that. But it's also... A, a reboot of a super super nostalgic movie that did amazingly when it first came out let me ask you this then how well did coming to america 2 do terrible mm. but i when i first watched that movie i remember it was we did a podcast about it mm-hmm. and you guys said i was racist because i said this movie isn't funny mm-hmm. and i think that's the problem mm-hmm. why pete why these movies aren't doing well it's I'm racist against uh, Kenan Thompson because I saw that show. That was like, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm just kidding, Kenan. But love you. but really. I know we're trying to joke about it, but it is a, a serious thing. Like I can't even criticize a movie that literally wasn't funny okay. because I just I got called racist by two black people. Then I'm gonna like, throw this back in your face. Mm-hmm. I criticized Kenan's show, mm-hmm. and you said he's just a black man in the industry who's just doing his best. Why do we have to have negative criticism about him who's just doing his best? Why don't we just lift him up? And mm-hmm. I said, why doesn't he just do his best, not just you. put stuff out? I agree with you, but you're not throwing it back in my face because I said that statement based off of how you've talked about every other 
black thing when it comes to movies when that's it comes not to true Dave Chappelle, because i when call it comes to all that kind of stuff i call out tyler perry yeah i'm, I'm saying you do <laughs> but like what i'm saying is like it it when people pick and choose how they want to narr- like put things in a narrative or whatever mm-hmm. it's like all right well you can't pick and choose when it's this and not pick and choose when it's that kind of thing i wasn't i wasn't saying anything all i was saying is that he's doing things the way that he thinks is the best that's my oh, whole thing. Oh, so Keenan. whether it's black, white, whatever it is, right? The fact that he's had as much success as he's he has, mm-hmm. you got to give him credit for being in the industry as long as he's been in the industry, regardless of what race he is. There's not that many people that have his career: black, white, Indian, you know, Asian, whatever it is. I can support that for sure. Yeah, but I agree with your point though. His show is not good. I've watched it, and I'm like, this is trash. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but there's a lot of trash television on right now, unfortunately. Sure. Because there's a budget for it. We're still in the the golden age of television. I don't know. Really? Mm. Have you ever seen Euphoria? No. First season's kind of fire. (laughs) Uh, I do have HBO uh, now, so I could definitely watch it. I know what you're doing with the shorties this this, uh, fall. (laughs) <laughs> Cuffin season, <laughs> but we're on it. This is a good subject. I don't remember the coming to America conversation very well, mm-hmm. um, especially because I didn't watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> and I also, I also heard that it was horrible. <laughs> Oh, that was great. <laughs> okay. But I also heard it was horrible. So right. I was like, what's the point of me watching this trash? Yeah, it wasn't um, good. But I mentioned the point about Top Gun mm-hmm. because I personally think that pro-America movies are is something people kind of want to watch. Now, when I saw the trailer for The Woman King, I thought it was a part of the Black Panther universe. I thought it was Black Panther. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, but it was the lighting, it was the costumes right. and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is this is Viola does Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then it said Woman King at the end. I was like, Black Panther, Woman King. And You're like, oh, Viola Davis is the new yeah, <laughs> Black yeah. Panther. She's to Jala. <laughs> uh, but then when it like switched over... There was a part of me that was like, I kind of wish it was Black Panther because the message behind Black Panther is if we all unite together, look what we can do. Right. Which I think is almost the same message in Maverick. If we all unite together, look what we can do. Now, they did something that works sometimes and doesn't work other times. In Maverick, there is a white lead. There is a black pilot, a Latina pilot. What else? What else? What else? Was there an Asian person? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, see it? It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to be on my streaming service. It's on now. It's free? <laughs> no, you still got to buy it. Okay. That, that, right? But then Sex in the City comes out, and somebody explained to me this morning that they redid the show. Instead of them partying at the club, they are painting women's shelters. Hmm. Instead of her being a writer, she's a podcaster. And her producer has a disability. And there is every race known to man. There's an Asian person. There is a uh, white person. There's a black person. There's a, there's a Latina person. There's all this stuff. And some people are saying that they don't have that diverse of an experience 
on this planet, even though you live in the United States, mm-hmm. their lifestyle is not that diverse. Now, can I say I have Asian friends? Yes, I have white friends. I have all all of that. I have our podcast has four different races on facts. Okay, but the average American, I mean, we do live in Los Angeles, yeah, and somebody in New York can say that. But I saw my friend yesterday, and she was kind of surprised to be around this many white people. She lives in Miami, and she was like, "The whitest person we have is a Cuban." Mm. It's true, and. And if you go Midwest, it's even... Yeah, it's even wider, right? So she was, like, thrown off being in California where she was like, there's a lot of white people here. It's kind of weird. So... I hear that a lot, especially even in L.A. Like, a lot of uh, my friends that are black, they don't like going to Orange County. Too many white people. Is there going to come a day... How am I going to phrase this? So I was hanging out with my friend... In Fresno, mm-hmm. and she, she had a question, and I said, "Why don't you just go ask those folks over there?" And it was white white people, and she was like, "No, I don't, I don't like to interact with them." And I was like, "Is there ever going to come a day where we're just like, I have a question? Can I just ask a person?" Yeah, um, I want to say yes. I believe that there's this movement to unplug from the matrix, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's going to require doing that. It's going to be a long process, not happening overnight, but I think it's... So the good thing about the internet and the bad thing about the internet... So the bad thing is obviously there's all of this chaos and fighting and you know all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The good thing, though, is it gives people access to things that they didn't have access to before. Mm-hmm. And you can start... Sort of. Well, give him digital access. Do you have you do you know this gentleman? Oh, I wish I knew his name offhand, but he's a a, a, a black gentleman. Know you know who I'm talking about? He's that, my cousin. No, oh. he. I, I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast. That's where I, I found out about him. He has helped, I think, over 200 uh, K, uh, people, KK people that were associated with KKK give up. Um, the KKK because they met him and so he's a he's a black musician and he would have conversations with these KKK uh, individuals and through the conversations they would realize that there's they're not that different sure and what I mean by it starts giving access to everybody like you start realizing that if you're open, right? If 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 you're not so far gone, you can realize that a lot of these cultures are very similar. A lot at the at the end of end of the day, people are looking to make their families better, make their lives easier, um, you know, try to be as successful as possible, you know, protect their children, all these kinds of things. Like at the crux of things, people are very very similar. Unfortunately, there's very powerful entities that are trying to keep people away from understanding that because the chaos and the division allows for people to be manipulated and and uh, taken under control. So when you, to answer your question directly, I do believe that eventually it will come to that point. Otherwise, the opposite is 
we will all be enslaved to the powers to be. Last week I was speaking to a white person. And <laughs> it's the hesitation for me. I love it. And I spoke to them uh, about um, the guy that created Blackish. Okay. So he told me this story. So I, I, I knew his kids when they were like little kids. Okay. Now his daughter is like 16. And I remember him telling me, maybe like five years ago, his daughter was like, Dad, I'm bisexual. Okay. And he was like, <laughs> no, you're not. And was like, you're just a kid. What do you know about that? Uh-huh. Today, she says she's a lesbian. Okay. And his wife is Eastern European, so she was like, she's like more freak out about it uh-huh. than him, who is who is like, okay, now that you're of age and you kind of understand what that means, fine. So I listened to this interview with the dude who created Blackish. I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm so sorry, dude. And he says on The Breakfast Club, his daughter came to him and said, uh, I need to take a semester off of college. And he says, why? And his, his daughter is like kind of giving signals that she's very sick. She doesn't quite say it, but they go to the, to the hospital and the doctor says that she might have like an autoimmune disease, disease because her hair is falling out. She's like uh-huh. losing a ton of weight really quick and all of that. So, so he kind of understands why she's like, I need to take this the semester off of school because I'm really stressed out. And this is his daughter that like performs very, very well in school. Okay. And then the daughter came to him one day and was like, Hey, I'm going to go hang out with my friend, Sam. And not our Sam, by the way, not our Sam, even though Sam Dutch bro sucks. <laughs> um, and I think the creator is Kenya Barris. Is that, the that's name? his name. Thank okay. you so much. Kenya Barris. This is a really good interview. Um, <clears throat> The daughter is about to go hang out with her friend, a female named Sam. And right before she leaves, she tells her dad, Dad, do you know that Sam is not just my friend? And he goes, I know now. He goes, are you okay with that? And she goes, are you okay with that? And his response, he took a second to respond. And he said, I'm more concerned than that Sam is white than her being your girlfriend. Mm. Now, I told this story to this white guy that I've known for some time now because he told me his daughter came out to him Mm -hmm. and he made it no big deal. She made a big deal out of it. He made it a no big deal. And I thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, what what would I do? Right. And I was like, what is your response to, to Kenya Barris's response of him worrying that his daughter was, is with a white girl more than she's with a girl? His response was, if you open up your front door and you see a bunch of snakes and you know they're venomous and they can kill you, you close the front door. Now, what if one snake knocks on the door and says, I'm the one good snake. There's a thousand of them on the floor, but I'm the one good snake. I will not kill you. 
I just want to work together so we can live together. What do you say to that? That's what he asked me. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what he's trying to say? Absolutely. I got up and left. Because I said, I don't know what to say to that. I don't like snakes. (laughs) But I've always preached unity. Right. So oftentimes I, I get trumped. Not that trumped. But I get trumped because I'm like, there's such a history of people who hate big black women who play flutes because they're big black women who play flutes. Not because it's a degradation of what they hold sacred, mm-hmm. but because she's a large black woman that holds a flute and twerks. And then there's some that look at her as a human being and say, I love you, but I don't agree with the act that you did, which would be the one snake that's not there to bite you. You calling me the good snake? Honestly, I wasn't talking about you, but <laughs> but if that's if that's a shoe that fits on your foot, sure. wear it. How do we tell people there's good snakes? Martin Luther King tried to tell us. Judge me not me. on the content or judge me on the content of my character, not the color of my skin. At the end of the day, we have to start understanding that how many generations removed like what wh- <clears throat> are there still hardcore racists being raised? I'm sure the answer is yes. But proportionally, is it as big as uh, maybe certain segments of society say it is? I don't know. I can only talk about my experience, right? And I think at the end of the day, Kelby, the way this, um, the only way it could get solved is we have to start being true to our own experience and stop uh, external people's experience be our experience Mm. because i remember so stop having empathy not necessarily empathy but stop necessarily being that just because it happened to them that i have to be thinking that that's really what's going on when i have my own lived reality telling me that it's not that way Mm. or it's not as extreme as you're saying it is Mm. and and i go back to uh lil wayne it always goes back to right? Lil Wayne. Happy birthday, uh, when Lil Wayne. Go, go to Lil Wayne. Happy birthday, King. When he talks about white people, his lived experience was he would be dead if it wasn't for the white cop that saved his life, even though there was black cops at the same situation that looked at him and said, he's just another gangster that shot himself. Hmm. And the white officer looked at him and said, this is a kid and we need to save his life. So he looks at it and says, I don't hate white people because if it wasn't for this white cop, I'd be dead right now. Hmm. 
That's his lived experience. So when Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff came out, he was not like on it and he got a lot of backlash for that. But I kind of admire him because he went through his lived experience and said, this is what I lived through. So I'm going to live life based off of my experience. Now, does that mean that we should be unempathetic? No, we should be we should be empathetic for anybody's struggle to a certain extent, I think. But somebody to try to tell me that there's nothing but racist and I and racist racism is going to hold me back in this that and the other thing. I'm 38 years old and I can't point to one instance of racism that has caused me to hold held me back from anything in my life. I can't so my lived reality is racism isn't as prevalent as to other people. Now, does that mean that somebody else hasn't dealt with racism that has held them back? I would say absolutely. I'm sure that's happened. But you can't judge me because it hasn't happened to me and I live a certain way because of that. As long as I'm okay with you living your way and, and feeling how you feel. I don't want to change your mind about what you feel, but... Don't judge me because my mind is a certain, my mentality is a certain way. Well, isn't there something to be said? And, and we're going to wrap up in a second, but isn't there something to be said about somebody experiencing something and you not at least taking a small piece of it to understand and and actualize that it is happening in the world and it might be something that you may need to look into just because it's not happening to you? I agree. Like I said, that I shouldn't. That it shouldn't be a blind eye turned to anybody that's suffering through that. Mm -hmm. But I could only control what I could control. I also think that. I also think that. It, it, that's. Are we asking that same question to that person? Mm. Right. Hey, this is a minority that went through this. Uh, went through. The, uh, his life without dealing with racism in a certain way and actually has had some great friends from all ethnicities and all that kind of stuff just because it happened to you should we be empathetic that hey maybe there is a, there is a portion of, uh, of society that's good in all this kind of stuff and we shouldn't be so jaded and you know and feeling like this country is terrible and all this kind of stuff we never ask that question to them and when I say them, I'm saying uh, those that are asking that same question. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. As long as that question is being asked both ways, I would say yes. But if it's only one way, then that's where I think we won't be able to grow. I'm going to end with this quote. In, um, in a certain culture, they say that people die twice first time is when you physically die and the last time is when someone says your name for the very last time a lot of people say Horatio Aldridge is dead men who said when you come here to America you can start at the very bottom and you can work your way and not only just work but you can actualize realize and uh, and create the life that you want a lot of people said we're going to say his name for the very last time. And a lot of people believe that. Not only about finances, not only about 
your cultural health, not only about societal health, but your experience as a person in this country. And today there's a lot of turmoil everywhere you look on all fronts and on all borders. But the stories that he was trying to tell, you tell us. Is this the last time we're going to say his name?